0: Hello and welcome back to Big less League and all Rugby League experience. Welcome to your round 14 preview. This is an absolute belter of a podcast, a belter of a podcast. We go through a review of the Origin Game 1, the long-awaited Origin Game 1 review. We also go through round 14, the round that was a huge round of football. Seven out of eight in the tipping, I had a really good one. Have a listen to find out to what game I missed. I think you can already guess which game I got wrong and then I go through my tipping and I also go through my fantasy side and then right at the end I name my team of the week so make sure you sit back relax and enjoy League. Hello, and welcome back to Big Lez's League and you know, all rugby league experience. Welcome back to your round 14. 14- Review What a round it was of Rugby League. But also, we're going to be reviewing, first of all, the Origin Game 1. What a game of footy that was. New South Wales, they played alright in the starting stages of that game. I thought Queensland really dominated throughout the whole game as well, though. Cameron Munster was sensational. I think Queensland, once they have a slight advantage, they're going to get the win. That's just the Queensland mentality. I think they come in and get really strong wins, even when they have the slightest advantage. Manage. they've had some really good players in the park valentine holmes's defense as i said cameron munster really tearing new south wales apart it was a really really good game of football let's get straight into the main points from that game though so to really sum it all up, it was a pretty even contest throughout the entirety of the game. But I thought on more stages and on more occasions, Queensland, they were on top. They had all the momentum. And that was off the back of these guys like Munster. Valentine Holmes putting pressure on those New South Wales forwards. They just looked tired by the end of it, New South Wales. They actually looked a bit in shock. They actually looked quite shocked throughout the back end of that game. On last tackle plays, you could see that no one wanted the ball. They always gave it to Cleary. And then Cleary was just putting in these strange kicks and he just wanted to get rid of the ball, essentially. It was really, really strange. It was very unPenrith. penrith It was very un-New South Wales Blues, especially over the past few years with the form they've been in. Because Cleary just looked shook. He just didn't want the ball. Hopefully, next game they can come in, they can replicate what they've done over the past few years, maybe get the win in Queensland. But I think that's going to be a really tough game for New South Wales was a really tough game, especially in Queensland. Queensland have the upper hand. They have the advantage. It's going to be a very, very tough game for New South Wales. But I thought Queensland were just coming into New South Wales. They came in very strong and did a really good job on New South Wales. Valentine Holmes's defence definitely needs a big shout-out. I thought in defence he was solid. Pretty much came in on all of the forwards, on all of the backs. He was pretty much tackling anything and everyone that he saw on the New South Wales side. He was sensational. His defence was outstanding. Don't think he missed many tackles. And it even says on the NRL up he didn't miss many tackles at all, but he put some huge hits on in that game. I think even that side of the field, Valentine Holmes and Selwyn Cobbo, Valentine Holmes run for 148 metres, Selwyn Cobbo for 162. And speaking on Selwyn Cobbo, his debut was sensational for a young guy, for a 20-year-old guy to be coming into a Queensland Maroon side in his second year of footy and a performance like that in. I know he wasn't the best player on the field, but he was getting through some work. He was taking a lot of carries. I know he'd get smashed on a few occasions, but he'd just keep getting up. He'd just keep going again and again and again. And the resilience he showed in that game, I thought was superb. I thought he had a really, really strong game. It was busting tackles too on most occasions. I know he got smashed on a few, but he had four tackle breaks in this game. One line break. He put a beautiful kick in from the sideline to set up a try there as well. So, Really strong game, in my opinion, from Selwyn Cobbo. I think, in terms of Origin debuts, I think he had one of the stronger ones. I know he didn't start off the best. I know that he needed time to get into the groove, but that's everyone that really debuts in Origin. You need time to get into the groove, and then once he was in the groove, he was sensational, in my opinion. Taking runs, taking tough carries. Really good job there from Selwyn Cobbo, and I think that in the next few games, I think he's just going to have even more confidence in that Origin arena, and I think he's going to light up the park. Can't wait to see more of Selwyn Cabo, especially the more he works with Greg Inglis, the more he is going to have more and more confidence and he's just going to do so much more for that Queensland blue side. I also think that if I had a dollar for every time I said more in that sentence, I'd be a millionaire. So we'll move on. I think that Selwyn Cobo, Valentine Holmes had a really strong performances. Cameron Munster. Cameron Munster was huge in this game. He was electric. You think last year he was electric? He was even more electric in this game. That break that he made at the back end of that game, just running straight through the New South Wales defense, straight through the middle of them, it was just sensational. And he was unbelievable. If he puts anything near that type of performance in in Game 2 in Queensland, I think it is going to be a rough night for the Blues. I honestly think that Queensland are going to win the series now. Watching that performance, watching the resilience of of that Queensland side and some of the players and some of the performances. I think that it's going to be a rough time for New South Wales and Queensland. I don't know if they'll be able to get the win there. I think they'll need to make some big changes. I think they'll be praying that Latrell Mitchell is fit to go for Origin 2. Hopefully he's selected into that side. I think that Katoni Stags will miss out in game two due to that shoulder injury. Uh, didn't look good when he had a bunch of ice on it. But then again, you watch Jeremiah no, no He was basically limping off the field. This was probably the fun funniest moment in the game limping off the field and all of a sudden you see him running back on like nothing ever happened it was just the funniest thing I've ever seen I was so confused sitting there watching a guy that literally couldn't even walk off the field come back on run back on like nothing ever happened and put in a really strong performance through the middle as well and on that edge he was sensational Jeremiah Nanai speaking of players in the middle and on the edge Ruben Cotter Reuben Cotter was huge in that game. He was huge. Tremendous performance from him. Playing 80 minutes in first grade in club footy is hard enough and it's unheard of. But playing 80 minutes in the middle, in the forwards, in an Origin game, that is just a different beast. I honestly cannot wait to see Ruben Cotter after this Origin series. I think he's going to be 10 times better than he is now. Working with a legend like Cameron Smith, teaching him what to do in the middle of the field there. Plus, Ben Hunt working with Cameron Smith as well in that nine role. I think Ben Hunt was electric as well. I think he had a pretty underrated performance in my opinion. A lot of people disagree when I put him in that Origin Team 1 uh, t- sort of Team of the Week type thing. I put him in there in that number nine role. I thought he was sensational. He nearly plugged a 40-20 out of dummy half. That's how pivotal he was to this side. I think that Ben Hunt at nine is the way to go. I did like Harry Green ran at 14 off the bench because he just provides that spark and that unpredictability. And speaking of unpredictability, we go back to Cameron Munster and just some of the things that he was doing. He was sensational in that game. So many stars in that Queensland side. It was very, very hard for New South Wales to win that one. And surprisingly, with all the faults at the back end of that game, New South Wales looking shook at the back end of that game. They nearly won it In fact, they were a few seconds off winning it. They were a few seconds off, maybe going to golden point. A few seconds off a try. 16 to 10 was the final score. So a very, very close game considering how pivotal Queensland were and how strong they were in attack. Cherry Evans and his kicking game as well. I thought his kicking game was huge for them. Putting New South Wales in corners, putting pressure on New South Wales. Really, really strong performance from Queensland, especially in New South Wales. We move on to New South Wales now. I think Jack White proved everybody wrong. We thought that he was Freddie's boy. We thought that he was Freddy's favorite son. We were wrong about that. We were wrong about that. He came and he proved to pretty much every single New South Wales fan why he deserves to be in that side, why he deserves to be in the centers. It was a huge performance from him. He started off a bit scratchy. He was getting smashed in attack, but once he got into the groove, he was sensational, bumping players off, putting some huge shots on. He put one on, I think it was in the 50th minute, on Lindsay Collins, and that was crazy. Absolutely shook Lindsay Collins. It was really cool to watch. Jack Whiten's defense, it just shows you how strong a defender Jack Whiten is and how pivotal he is to that team, and I think we all know why Freddie picks him now. Just that type of player. He's a fantastic player, Jack Whiten, and can't wait to watch him in game two. I imagine he'll keep that center spot. As I said, Latrell might come in for Katoni Staggs. We don't know how that's going to work yet, but it'll be very interesting to see how that does play out. Ryan Madison and Regan Campbell-Gillard. I thought for two bench forwards, they did quite well. Regan Campbell-Gillard obviously starting in that game, but I thought that his performance as well was sensational again. Another guy putting some huge shots on, really setting the tone in, in attack and defense as well in the forwards and really pushing that New South Wales attack forward, really pushing the New South Wales side forward. Ryan Madison as well. I thought as soon as he came on the field, New South Wales, they started to get a bit of spark. They started to get a bit of go forward. I thought that Ryan Madison's effect coming off the bench was pretty good. His impact coming off the bench was pretty good. I imagine that he'll retain his spot in game two. I thought that the forwards for New South Wales were solid. Even Payne Haas had a pretty decent game as well. Not the game that people thought he was going to have and I think that's just because people have too many high expectations of Payne Haas. Think he's going to do too much. He had a pretty solid game Payne Haas. A pretty solid game. Didn't play many minutes. He didn't play as many minutes as people would have thought he would uh, but for the minutes that he was on the field I thought that he was quite good in that game. Daniel Supo really proving to us why he deserves to be in that side. I know people were quite filthy when Josh Car didn't make the side and fair play. I think that Josh Dakar definitely deserved to be in that side. But from a tactical standpoint, you can kind of see why Daniel Tupo was in this side. uh, And he did a really good job for them as well, taking some really tough carries, especially later in the game when some of the forwards weren't taking runs. He put his hands straight up and took some really, really big runs, knocking players off. I thought he was really good, Daniel Tupo, and a really impressive performance from him. Even James Tedesco. I thought James Tedesco had a pretty good game as well. Can't really fault James Tedesco in that game. Again, People had too high expectations of him. He's another guy that sort of got criticized as well. Again, when I posted that team of the game, a team of the round, whatever you want to call it, uh, he was in there and people sort of had their thoughts and mixed opinions about him. But he had a pretty solid game as well. As I said, can't really fault James Tedesco in this game. He had a really solid one. Uh, Cherry Evans as well. We talked about his kicking game, but he was ruled out on Sunday with a quad injury. Just doing a bit of further research. I'm not the (laughs) physio type. I'm not the really smart injury type, knowing when players will come back and when they'll be coming back from injury. But looking online, doing a bit of further research, it tends to look like quad injuries the quad injuries being mild it's a two week recovery so he might only just make it back for the Maroons if he doesn't I've dropped a podcast on all the available and eligible halfbacks for Queensland so if you want to go back and listen to that one I released it on Saturday so make sure you go back and have a listen to that one all the available halfbacks if Cherry Evans isn't in the side although reading into the reports reading what the NRL physio put out I do think that he will be all right. Apparently, he's back next week. So a bit of a faster recovery there. It must be really mild for Cherry Evans. Hopefully, it is. Hopefully, we get to see him in Origin 2 from a Queensland perspective. From a Blues perspective, he can stay out for as long as he likes. Um, But it was a tough battle from Queensland, a really tough battle from them. Credit to Queensland. I thought it was a really strong performance, especially in New South Wales. Now, they take the Blues up to Queensland for Game 2. It is going to be a really interesting performance and I honestly cannot wait to see how they go hopefully my Blues can get a win but we move on to the first game of round 14 which was the Cowboys v the Dragons I thought the Cowboys just showed us how strong of a team they are Ben Hunt for the St. George of Lawara Dragons, again, standing up in this game. He was unreal. He was unreal in origin. And then he backed up and played a really solid game for the St. George of Lawara Dragons, pretty much two days after a really strong origin performance, which is, again, unheard of. He was sensational in that game. I actually remember late into the St. George and Cowboys game, he got absolutely flogged after a last tackle kick and got straight back up, made his way back into the defensive line and made the first tackle of that set. I mean, it just shows you the type of player that Ben Hunt is. It just shows you the type of player he is. He's an absolute competitor, really strong player, and one of my favorites, to be honest. One of my favorite players at the moment, Ben Hunt, really putting in some strong performances and some consistent performances as well, which is what we like to see from our halves This competition. Really strong performances from Ben Hunt. Even though his side isn't going the best at the moment, he's putting in some really strong performances. So if they end up by the end of the year sliding into the top eight, I won't be too surprised and it'll be all off the back of Ben Hunt. But the Cowboys, a team that's definitely going to be in the top eight by the end of the year, already in the top three. If you told me at the start of the year that the Cowboys were going to be in the top three, I would have laughed in your face. But they've come out this year and asserted themselves as title contenders, as title contenders. I truly believe with a good run, with a good injury run, they can make it into the grand final, if not the semifinals. I reckon they've got a really strong team and a really strong attitude this season. Todd Payton, if I reckon if they get anywhere close... To a premiership. I think that he's going to get coach of the year. I think he definitely deserves it this season after the work he's put in with this Cowboys side. Really starting to turn their form around and. I honestly can't wait for finals time. They're going to be a really strong force. Scott Drinkwater, again, showing us, showing us his versatility. He was playing fullback, but he was showing a bit of that 5'8 skill that he has while playing in the fullback position. I think he set up one or two tries off kicks. He was sensational in that game. Scott Drinkwater, he has been in some great form over the past few weeks, and a guy that was in reserve grade only a few weeks ago, coming in and putting some strong performances in, I think he's really asserted himself as one of the top form fullbacks this season and you can obviously see why. Just the little things that he's doing, the kicking, the passing, the running game, he's pretty much got it all, Scott Drinkwater and really liked his footy over the past few weeks. Very impressed that the Cowboys managed to get the win without Reuben Cotter, without Jeremiah Nana, without some of their players in that side. Tom Dearden and Chad Townsend really stood up in that game as well. Running and kicking game from both of those guys was really good and Tom Dearden showing us a bit of the skill the flair that he did learn in that origin camp. He was really good. Even though the Cowboys were really good, I thought St. George sort of leveled with them in some aspects as well. There was some points in the game where Ben Hunt not individually, but sort of turned his team around and sort of gave them the momentum as well. Ben Hunt's running game, I keep going back to Ben Hunt, but he really, really stood up in that side last night. Moses Sully was strong. Zach Lomax was strong. One or two errors in his game, but still a really strong performance from him. I thought that it was a really good performance from St. George. I think they could have gotten beaten by a lot more, but to only get beaten by that 20s mark was pretty good effort uh, from the St. George Illawarra Dragons. 31 to 12 was the final score, but as I said, I think they could have gotten beaten by a lot more than that. I thought they had a really, really strong performance in that game. The whole Cowboys' backline ran for over 130 metres Scott Drinkwater is 180. Valentine Holmes was 132. Hamaso doe 122. Peter Hiku, 148. And then Murray Taolongi 144. Murray Talongi Peter Hiku, Valentine Holmes, and Hamaso Doe. Had a really strong game last night. The back line is just electric for the Cowboys. And I wouldn't be surprised if you told me right now, if you made the statement that the Cowboys had the strongest back line this season, I wouldn't argue with you. I think they have a pretty strong back line defensively and in attack. So yeah, I think if they do get close to that premiership, I think they're going to be a real danger and a real smoky to make the grand final for sure. And as well, me giving credit where credit is due, Race Robson. The dummy half. Some of the tackles he made in that game were just unbelievable. And the scoots that he made, he's a quick guy. I didn't realize how quick he was. I thought he was just some big, bulky, dummy half that was really good in defense, but... He is a fast little bugger. Very, very fast dummy half and a really, really strong, really, really strong dummy half as well. The defensive effort he had in that game was really good and the running game as well was sensational. He used to play for the Dragons as well, so coming up against his old team and getting a result like that was pretty impressive from him as well. Uh, But all in all, the Cowboys were just really strong and by the back end of that game... St. George were struggling to compete and I think that, as I said, Ben Hunt was one of the reasons that they stayed in this game. The two tries, both pretty much set up by Ben Hunt. Ben Hunt also doing most of the kicking in this game as well. Uh, Really strong effort to be honest, by the whole St. George of Dragons team. I thought Cody Ramsey as well, and Jonathan the the Rubin, the the debutant for the Cowboys. Both of those guys were really good in this game as well. Again, the back line all running for over 130 metres or just about. Cody Ramsey, 135 Jonathan Le Rubin then debutante 182. Really strong effort from him. Moses Sully, 184. Zach Lomax, 143. And then Tau, Tau Moga, 126. So just about all running over 130 metres. Even Ben Hunt ran for 156. So he was very evident in this game. And Ben Hunt, strong performances over the past few weeks. You can see why he's in that Queensland origin side. Jonathan Rubin, though. Some of the runs he took. He's really good in space for the 29 for a 29 year old bloke for a 29 year old bloke. He's sensational in space and very very quick and a bit of a kicking game on him as well as you can see, a crossfield kick when he was in space one of those times down that left-hand edge. But as I said, all in all a really strong performance from the North Queensland Cowboys. We go on to the next game being the South Sydney Rabbitohs and the Gold Coast Titans. Pretty enjoyable one considering I am a South fan. Uh, it was a really good scoreline for the South City Robidows. Coming in late and really putting a scoreline late on the Gold Coast Titans. It was a real tough battle at one section in that game. The Gold Coast Titans were getting some good signs from them. I didn't feel like it was a terrible game from the Gold Coast Titans. I feel like South Sydney really got the advantage late. We're starting to play some really good football. Damian Cook out of Dummy Half was really good as well. I thought that he pretty much put the icing on the cake. Now I know he played alright in this one. I think he had a pretty decent game. It's Definitely better than the other week. But I'm still not really a big fan of Cody Nicarema in the fullback role. I think that Black Taff should definitely be sort of I wouldn't say blooded into that role, but start playing some more first grade football, get used to the intensity of it, because at the end of the day, when Cody Walker retires, he's most likely going to be that guy that shifts into that sixth role. But anyway, the top try scorer for the South City Rabbitohs, Alex Johnson, he did get a hat-trick in this game, and honestly, it was a really good performance from him. And then you've also got Tane Mill and Jackson Paulo going over for tries as well. It was an outside-back finanza out on the edges for the our Sydney Rabbitohs. Really good footy played by them. 30-16 to 16 was the final score. As I said, still some pretty good signs for the Gold Coast Titans. I thought they did really well. I thought that Greg Marji was outstanding for them. 272 meters. I feel like every time this guy comes into first grade, he plays some big games. I'm not sure as to why he keeps getting dropped. I think he needs to retain his spot in first grade. I think he's playing some really good footy in first grade football at the moment, Greg Marji. So cannot wait to see how he goes over the next next few weeks. Bo Firma as well on the edge for the Gold Coast Titans, I thought played some good footy. 143 meters, 49 post contact meters, five tackle breaks, 33 tackles and only four missed. Pretty good effort there from Bo Fermer on the edge. I'm really a big fan of him, really a big fan of him. I'll tell you what, a few years down the track, if this guy's playing Origin on the wing for the Queensland Maroons, I wouldn't be surprised one bit. Marky Fodawaka in the lock forward role, a bit different from him. He's usually a front row forward, but he's in the lock forward role in this game. He plays sort of like a lock forward anyway, just with his ball movement and some of the things he does when he does play in the front row. So not surprised he was in the lock forward role in this game, but 137 metres, 55 post contact metres, 19 tackle zero missed. And that was in about... 42 minutes of football, so pretty good knock from him. Pretty good knock for him, Milwaukee Fodawaka. And then big Tino off the bench as well, 177 metres, 69 post contact metres, five tackle breaks, two line breaks, two offloads, 26 tackles, and two missed tackles in 47 minutes of football. Really, really good knock from Tino. In terms of South Sydney, Campbell Graham had a pretty good knock on the weekend, 210 metres, 75 post-contact metres, four tackle breaks, one line break, a line break assist, 19 tackles zero missed really good knock there for Campbell Graham and then pretty much all the outside backs Alex Johnson Tarno Mill and Jax Paulo all going over four tries really good knock from the South Sydney back line in terms of the forwards Tommy Burgess had a really good knock with 177 meters 86 post contact meters Two tackle breaks, 30 tackles and only five missed. Really good knock for him. Damien Cook, 45 tackles, two missed. After Origin, I mean, that is huge. That is huge. He also copped a try assist and five tackle breaks. To do that after Origin, I mean, that is a huge knock for Damien Cook as well. So pretty good game from the South Sydney Rabbitohs. Really good effort to get the win in that one. The next game I was lucky enough to go to with the fam. It was the Sydney Roosters v. the Melbourne Storm. And gee, wasn't this one way closer than anyone else thought it was going to be. I was actually scared that I was going to miss a tip. Luckily, in this one, I didn't. It was 26-18. to The Melbourne Storm won. Tri-scorers Suwali, Walker, and Tupanua for the Sydney Roosters. And then Grant Anderson, the debutante, also going over the line for a try in this one with Marion Seve also getting a double and Felice Kafusi going over the line. I mean, Grant Anderson, he had a pretty decent game for a debutant. He got smashed a few times in attack. He uh, just get back up and he just keep going and really good resilience from him. I can see how he's tearing it up in reserve grade. He was tearing it up in this game as well. The two tries he scored were quite impressive in this game and really impressed with what I saw from Grant Anderson in this one. Tell you what, without Ryan Pappenhausen, the Melbourne Storm are still doing quite well for themselves, but the Sydney Roosters, I am really impressed. James Tedesco. After Origin comes back, 239 meters, 50 post-contact meters, seven tackle breaks, a huge effort from him that nearly won the Sydney Roosters the game. If Tupanua would have caught that ball, I think it was Drew Hutchison that kicked it. If Tupanua would have caught that, the Sydney Roosters, I reckon, would have won. It was a huge moment in the game. You could see that Tupanua was spewing after that one, but he had a really good knock in this game, Tupanua. Pretty decent knock for him. 35 tackles with only 4 missed. Really good defensive effort. I tell you what, Joseph Suwali was incredible in this one. 134 metres, 33 post-contact metres, 5 tackle breaks, 1 offload. I mean... Even without those stats, even without those stats, if you went to the game or if you watched the game, you would know how big of an effort this guy put in. That hit he put on Trent Lorio, I think it was in the 50-something minute, that was a huge moment in the game that really gave the Roosters some momentum. So big knock from Suwali, big knock from James Sedesco, really good effort from the Roosters in my opinion. Even Lindsay Collins was unreal, only running for 87 metres, but... I just thought that some of these hit-ups were solid. I thought that C.O.C. Wataki Aho, 180 metres in this game, was huge. Even Tupo, 139 metres, 59 post contact metres, 5 tackle breaks. The Roosters had a really good game, a really good game. They were completing by, if I get the stats up, 78%, which isn't too bad against the Melbourne Storm. Completing at 78%, the Melbourne Storm were 86 30 out of 38 sets completed, while the Storm had a 33 out of 38. A pretty even completion rate. Possession was only by maybe 1% or 2% difference. 48 to 32 was a 4% difference. So, I mean, the Roosters were really leveling with the Melbourne Storm here. Really good signs for the Sydney Roosters. I mean, next week they go on to Parramatta. I think if they play anything like they did against the Melbourne Storm, obviously granting that... Luke Heary and Sam Walker are back in this side. I mean, I reckon they could win that game, even if Luke Kiry isn't there, I mean, I'd move Sam Walker to seven, have Joseph Manu in the six, that was really creative last night, some of the things that he did with the footy as soon as he moved into the six, he really gave the roosters momentum, try that he set up when he moved into the six straight away was unreal, so I wouldn't mind him at the six there, Sam Walker, Joseph Manu, pretty creative halves pairing, I reckon they could beat the Parramatta Reels next week for sure, I reckon they'd be a bit of a smoky underdog bet, I reckon they could do it for sure if 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 they play anything like they did against the Melbourne Storm when they were that depleted, I mean, I reckon they win that game. I reckon they beat Parramatta next week and have a lot of confidence after the game against Melbourne. Even though they lost, I'd be taking a lot of confidence away from that game. So all in all, really good knock by the Sydney Roosters. Unfortunately, they lost that game late to the Melbourne Storm who looked unreal It wasn't a big Cam Munster performance, but he did put in a big effort for Melbourne in some moments of that game. Jerome Hughes, you can just see how pivotal he is to that Melbourne Storm side. His kicking game was unreal and really put the Roosters under a lot of pressure. I'm going to try and move through these a little quicker now. The Broncos v. the Raiders was the next game, and it was a real grudge match. It was a really, really close game. 24-18 was the score. Didn't expect it to be this close at all. I thought that the Broncos would win maybe by one or two more trips tries, but 24-18 was the score. Ezra Mam scoring one, Hermie Farnworth scoring two, and then Jordan Pereira scoring one as well. Beautifully set up by Branko Lee. And then Nick Kotrick, Corey Horsbra and Adam Elliott scoring for the Raiders. Three from four for Adam Reynolds, three from three for Jamal Fogarty in the goal kicking department. Adam Reynolds obviously getting a penalty goal in that game as well. I don't mind the Ezra Mam and Adam Reynolds halves pairing. I don't mind it at all. I reckon it's a really good contrast. A young, explosive half paired with a absolute competitor. Both small guys, but I think that Adam Reynolds really compliments Ezra Man well just with his composure and the things that he does with the footy. Don't mind not halves pairing at all. Do not mind it at all. And I thought that the Broncos went really well in this game. I think Herbie Farnworth's going to be a big out for the Broncos over the next few weeks. He was sensational the other night. Sensational. And over the past few weeks. He has been putting in huge performances. If he wasn't an Englishman and if he was a New South Wales man, I'd definitely be having him in my New South Wales side. That's how good he is. Absolute freak with the football. In terms of the Canberra Raiders, it was a really good performance from them as well. Joseph Tarpany was unreal in this game 243 metres, huge knock for him. And then Xavier Savage, 236 metres, 28 post contact metres, four tackle breaks, two line breaks. Massive performance, massive performance for Xavier Savage in this one. More and more attractive at fullback. I'll tell you that for free. More and more attractive at fullback. Can't wait to see what this guy can do in years to come. I feel as though he's really starting to ease his way into first grade for sure. Matt Timico, 136 meters. Corey Horsbrough starting in the front row in this game, 180 meters. Uh, Hudson Young, 125. Adam Elliott, 152. Really big knock in the forwards for the Canberra Raiders. And that's what kept them in this game, Uh, but it was a really good game as well from the Brisbane Broncos, a really tight game and a really enjoyable one. Even Tom Starling had a pretty decent knock, 100 metres in 30 minutes of football. I mean, that was really good from him as well. 32 minutes of footy, 103 metres. I think it's really good contrast having Zach Wolford starting and then bringing on a guy like Tom Starling off the bench. I think that's really good contrast there. I'm sure that Ricky would be really pleased with that performance for the Canberra Raiders. Uh, Really good and entertaining game. Really good and entertaining game. And can't wait to watch both of these sides next week. The Broncos come up against the Melbourne Storms. So that will be a tough one for them. And then the Canberra Raiders come up against the Newcastle Knights, which is the exact opposite, to be honest. It's a very winnable game for the Canberra Raiders. The next game on your Super Sunday was the Manly Seagulls taking on the West Tigers. Manly Seagulls putting on a really good clinic for Manly fans. 30-4 was the final score. Reuben Garrick lighting up the field, lighting up the field for the Manly Seagulls. Josh Olaya, Cowler. And Alaye and Ola Kawatu going over for a try in this game, as well as Ribbon Garrick for the Manly Seagulls. Luke Garner going over in the first half for the West Tigers, unconverted. Desi would be happy with his boys there. I mean, I think they could still sort of play their way into the top eight. If they can back this performance up over the next few weeks, I reckon they could definitely play their way into the top eight for sure. I'm liking more and more of Shushta at 5'8. I'm really starting to give into it. Really like this Move. He's starting to do a bit more of the kicking for them as well with that big leg of his. 89 kicking meters. Not too impressive, but you can see he's slowly starting to ease into that 5'8 roll in first grade. Kieran Foran, 294 kicking meters in this game as well. Josh Alaye in the front row, 224 meters. Not a fan of the haircut, but I am a fan of this performance. 224 meters, 89 post contact meters, six tackle breaks, two line breaks, 18 tackles, zero Missed and that was in 51 minutes of football. Really good knock for Josh Alaya. Hamole Kawatu as well. 179 metres, 73 post contact metres, 12 tackle breaks, 3 line breaks. 24 tackles and only one miss. I tell you what, if this eligibility thing goes well and he's allowed to play in Origin 2, I'd have him in my side for sure. I think he'd be an absolute shoe in Jake Trevojevic as well, 120 metres, 43 post contact metres, 38 tackles with only one miss. Really good knock for Jake Trevojevic. Again, another guy that I think is an absolute shoe in for Origin 2. I think they need to have him in that side somewhere. Ruben Garrick was the real star of the show, though, with 206 metres, 76 post-contact metres, seven tackle breaks, two offloads, three tackles and zero missed. So you can see how good the defence was. He only had to make three tackles, did Ruben Garrick. Really good knock here from the Manly Seagulls in this game. Really impressed with that performance. 42-6 was the score of the next game, the Panthers v. the Knights. Try scorers were Nathan Cleary, Viliami Kikau, Talon May, Brian To'o, Isaac Targo, Stephen Crichton. Obviously, Brian To'o went in for another one at the end of that game. Six out of seven goals kicked for Nathan Cleary, and he got a penalty goal to even it up. Jay Clifford, one of one with the goal kicking. Edric Lee, obviously, going in for a try in that game late. Don't really need to say too much about this game. It was an absolute Penrith masterclass. A Penrith masterclass. Nathan Cleary playing some good football, backing up from Origin, setting up tries left, right, and center. I'm scared for this guy for Origin too. I reckon he's going to come in hungry, just ready to go, ready to rip and tear. I reckon he's going to be an absolute danger for the Queensland Maroons. I think that he's going to be filthy that his side lost the game, and I think he's going to be coming in red hot. Brian Toto in this game was sensational, 268 metres, two tries, 81 post-contact metres, 11 tackle breaks, two line breaks, four tackles, zero missed. Really good knock there from Brian Toto. Jerome Luai also setting up tries left, right, and center. Two try assists, 82 meters, three tackle breaks, two line break assists, and an offload. So decent game there for Jerome Luai. Really good effort here from the Penrith Panthers. You don't have to really say much about this game. Other than that, it was an absolute masterclass. Viliami out banging off Kaelin Ponga sending him off the field. I think Newcastle are really going to struggle if Kaelin Ponga is out for a number of weeks and you think about it from an Origin perspective as well. If Kaelin Ponga isn't 100% from that head knock and he's not available for Origin 2, could we have a repeat of last year? Hopefully Kaelin Ponga is back in this Origin side and back in his club footy side as well. Don't want to see him out for a number of weeks again. He really doesn't deserve it. He's had a really terrible injury run over the past few weeks. So hopefully we don't have to see him miss any more football. I thought that if there was any positives to take away from that game, Dominic Young, 192 meters, 74 post contact meters, 11 tackle breaks, one line break. I'm shocked that Edric Lee ended up getting a try and this guy didn't. That was a huge knock for the Newcastle winger. But as we said, obviously, it was a huge knock from the Penrith Panthers in this game. 42-6 was the final score. Warriors v. the Sharks. The Sharkies getting the 38-16 win over the New Zealand Warriors. Warriors still having a pretty decent game in this one, but letting it go late. Wade Egan, Dallin wateni lesniak and Reese Walsh were the try scorers in this game. Dallin's try was amazing. The fact that he got that ball down, that high up in the air, that close to the sideline. Some of these wingers can just do some of the craziest things. That was an awesome try and a really good effort from Dallin wateni Lesniak to get that ball down. So a really good effort from him. For the Sharkies, it was Sione Katoa going over the line for two tries. Ronaldo Maltola going over the line for two tries. CIC for Talakai, Matt Moylan. And William Kennedy also going over the line in this game. Nico Hines, three from eight with the goal kicking. Reese Walsh, two from three. C.O.C. for Talakai was unreal in this game. 218 metres, 89 post contact metres, four tackle breaks, one line break, 10 tackles, zero missed. Really good knock from C.O.C. for Talakai. Ronaldo Molotolo, 154 metres, 38 post contact metres, three tackle breaks and two line breaks in this game. Nico Hines as well. 141 meters for a halfback 18 post contact meters 3 tackle breaks 16 tackles 0 miss huge knock for Nico Hines also kicking for 393 meters in this game huge game for Nico Hines and a huge game for the Cronulla Sharks Tohu Harris for the New Zealand Warriors, 138 meters, 72 post contact meters, 31 tackles with three missed, a huge knock from him as well. New Zealand still had a pretty good game. They were pretty level with the Sharkies up until the end. Possession actually lent towards the way of the New Zealand Warriors. It was 54% to the New Zealand Warriors and 46% to the Cronulla Sharks. Warriors also completed at a higher rate as well, 84% completion rate to 77 from the Cronulla Sharks. So it was pretty even all the way through. As I said the Sharks just got the better of them late, but it was a really enjoyable one to watch from a Cronulla Sharks perspective. The next game was the Parramatta Reels v the Canterbury-Bankstown Bulldogs. The game that ruined my tips. I was 7 from 7 at that point. Seven from 7, I haven't posted it on the story a bit cocky and it got the better of me, calm as a bitch the footy gods, I don't know what to say about them at the moment but 34 to 4, 34 to 4 was the final score Josh O'Carr getting a hat trick Jake Avarillo scoring 2 tries and then Jacob Caraz on the wing there scoring a try for himself as well, 5 from 6 for Jake Avarillo in the goal kicking and then Will Penasini went over for the Parramatta Reels Mitch Moses missing that kick somehow. Somehow, Mitch Moses missed the kick. Parramatta, it was just an off night for them. Nothing going their way. But Matt Burton, I was struggling to find out who I was going to put in my team of the week for number six. Matt Burton's my guy. Matt Burton, what a game he had. He kicked for 645 meters. He had 20 kicks in the game, 645 meters. What on earth? That is unheard of. Really big game. Matt Burton in this one and if I was Freddie Fittler I'd be including him somewhere in this origin squad for game 2. I'd be taking pretty much anyone out to have him in the squad there. I reckon it'd be an awesome inclusion and great depth for if there's any injuries in that squad. The two front rowers for the Bulldogs were out scanning as well. Tavita Pangai Jr 163 metres, 54 post contact metres, 21 tackles, 2 miss. Paul Vaughan 158 metres, 76 post contact meters, 22 tackles, zero missed. Jeremy Marshall King, 55 meters, 33 tackles, and only two missed. Huge knock, huge knock for Jeremy Marshall King and for the Bulldogs. It was a great game and a great win and a game where they were the underdogs and by a bit. They get their first win in a while. I don't know how long the streak is, but they get their first win in a while. Really great scenes to get it in front of a pretty strong Parramatta side. Great first game for the new coach. Great first game for the new coach. it be putting him in a pretty good light moving forward. The possession for that game... Bulldogs had 49% and the Eels had 51 So it was pretty even, pretty 50-50 with the possession. And then the completion rate, the Bulldogs completed at a higher rate than the Parramatta Eels. Parramatta completed at 73%. And the Bulldogs completed at 81%. Huge knock, huge knock for the Canterbury-Bankstown Bulldogs. And what a way to get the win. At home in front of the fans. There were some pretty great efforts across the park for the Eels, but it wasn't enough for them. It just wasn't their night. The Bulldogs Got on top and they dominated throughout this game, especially in the forwards. Even Max King. Shout out to Max King. 169 metres, 68 post contact metres, 40 tackles, zero missed. Corey Waddell, 44 tackles, four missed. Josh Jackson, 54 tackles, only two missed. Huge knock for these guys. Absolutely unbelievable game. And as I said before, leading to a scoreline we definitely did not expect. I'm actually a big fan of Jake Averillo at fullback. Really liking how he's going there. I said this last week. I think that he could be their long-term fullback. I've said it for a while now. He is looking really good in that fullback role, and especially tonight, 130 meters, 12 post contact, man two tackle breaks, two offloads, five tackles, and zero missed. And then what about on the wing? Jacob Caraz, 229 meters, 69 post contact meters, six tackle breaks, one line break, 13 tackles, one missed. And then Josh Addo big Josh Addo O'Carr. 199 meters, 37 post contact meters, five tackle breaks, one line break, four tackles, zero missed. Huge knock. Even the halves. Matt Burton, 25 tackles, only one missed. Kyle Flanagan, 28 tackles, only two missed. Huge defensive effort. Huge defensive effort. In fact, the fullback in Jake Avarillo, Corey Allen, Josh O'Dooghue, Paul Vaughan, Max King, and Chris Batolo didn't miss a tackle the whole game. That is a huge defensive effort. The most missed tackles for the Bulldogs was Corey Waddell with four. Now obviously defense is something that they've worked on and they really put on a show against the Parramatta Reels in this game. The Eels come up against the Roosters who would be filthy after their loss to the Melbourne Storm in a game that they actually nearly won. So I think the Roosters will be coming out red hot. Hopefully the Parramatta Eels fix up their form for that one. Hopefully they can get the win. As I said, I think the Roosters could definitely get the win in this game. In terms of the tipping I got 7 out of 8. Obviously the last one being the Bulldogs and the Parramatta Eels I got wrong. I don't think many people would be tipping the Bulldogs in that game. I certainly I certainly didn't myself. I thought it was going to go the opposite way. Obviously, the Bulldogs clawed their win there. So, I didn't end up getting 8 out of 8. And a joke around that I probably should have won. Didn't really get 8 out of 8 there. 7 out of 8 was the score, which isn't too bad at all. Hopefully, next week, I can score that 8 out of 8. And then in NRL Fantasy, didn't go too well there either. Isaiah Yo didn't play, which is what I really wasn't hoping for. Neither did Ruben Cotter. So, I had Daryl May in the front row, in the starting front row, who got 19 points, which isn't really ideal. Tyron Wishart, who's one of my bench players, didn't play the game at all, hasn't been playing for the past few weeks, so I didn't get really a scoreline for him. I got 653, which isn't too bad for NRL Fantasy, but I got smoked in my league. I'm coming 16th at the moment, so I'm basically in the wooden spoon. I got beaten by Premier's 2023, which is Ellie... Pizziakos, I hope I said that right. Pizziakos, who got 940 points. A shout out to Ellie. Some of the highest scorers in my team... Blake Braley, 40. Viliami Kickow 65. Nathan Cleary, 79. Scott Drinkwater, 61. Nico Hines, 61. Dylan Edwards, 45. And then Xavier Savage, 45. Not very good week for me. Hopefully when everyone's back, I can get a really good score. I've got a team set up, ready to go. That should get me a good score once everyone's back. And then just before I go, my team of the week was James Tedesco at fullback. Joshua O'Carr and Brian To'o on the wing. Herbie Farnworth and C.O.C. for Fatalakai in the centres. Matt Burton and Nathan Cleary are the halves. Joseph Tarpany and Tom Burgess are in the front row. Reese Robson at 9. Hamole Olakawatu and Viliami Kikau are in the back row. Patrick Carrigan at lock. And then I've got Nico Hines, Jason Taumalolo, Max King and Ruben Garrick on the bench. Thomas Flegler and Josh Jackson. Are in the reserves. That is my team of the week, and there is my round 14 review.